Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Um, we are talking about pastoral ministry and um, the things that, that drive us as individuals, the things that we see that are great blessings and great concerns in, in the church today. And uh, if you've missed any of those shows, just go subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life, and you get caught up on all the things that we know would absolutely thrill you because we know that you're waiting on bated breath to know more and more about us. Right. I always thought one of the benefits of our show, um, one of the side benefits that maybe is not as well known as others, is that if you are one of those people that have trouble falling asleep at night, yes, we oh, we that would are be excellent, great idea. The show for you, man. We are great advertisers, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. So um, today we're asking the question: Is okay? Very personal question. Um, I think it's personal. Have you struggled with burnout or discouragement in pastoral ministry? Is just water wet? Just, it is water wet. <laughs> I I do think uh, I do think uh, discouragement is probably the key word uh, because uh, you know as anybody knows you know one of the biggest griefs that can come to somebody is comes in the form of rejection, and we have a message that. Will get rejected by people. You know, it is it is the smell of death to some people. It is the it is the fragrance of life to others, and you know, particularly when we're invested in the lives of people. You know, I I can still remember teach, talking to one of my best friends. Uh, you know about the Word of God, and I uh, you know very convincing Word of God. And you know, he looked at me in the eye and he says, "Yeah, Jonathan, you can lead a horse to water." but you can't make him drink. And, you know, that that created grief for me, knowing that the very thing that was life-giving was being rejected. Um, but that happens also in in personal ways, too. You know, uh, rejection comes. We, you know, people get, you know, Paul dealt with it, you know, himself. The book of Philippians, which is talking about joy, you've got Eudia and Syntyche, uh, two women who love the Lord, which are in disagreement with one another. And so you're called into that crisis of trying to deal with that disagreement. And sometimes that disagreement is not with you and Syntyche, it's with you and me. And that, and that becomes a personal discouragement. Yeah. It's, um, I, th- I think I can speak for these, my brothers here, but um, if I cannot just jump in and correct me, but I think all of us have talked to people and advised them at some point that their identity is not in what they do. Yeah. Um, and that's an easy thing to do that where, where we live um, thinking that our identity is based upon um, the things that we do, the, the work that we're involved with, the occupation that we have. 
And we would say to him, no, your identity is in Christ. And as one that's in Christ, you also lay tile or teach or whatever it might be. But that's a secondary aspect that flows out of your true identity. Well, even though we advise people about that all the time, that doesn't mean that we're immune to that tendency ourselves. And so we sometimes can then have our identity be in our work as a preacher or pastor. And Mm -hmm. so when there is either criticism or pushback or rejection or whatever it might be, um, we as humans can, and can struggle with that. That's actually touching part of our identity. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be our identity. But we err in the same way that that our congregants err, yeah. mm-hmm. um, misplaced identity, yeah. and so that sometimes can can be a cause of the discouragement in ministry. Yeah, Jesus actually warned his disciples. I think it was in Luke ten, where they come back and the, the spirits they were dispossessing demon possessed people, and Jesus said. Don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so he was correcting their joy. So, so as ministers, like, I mean, we we can. I I know that I can step down from the pulpit and just feel like, man, I felt like the spirit was so moving today. I felt so much freedom today. And there can be a tendency to to put all of my joy in that quote unquote experience, which sets me then up for the next time when that doesn't happen, and I mm-hmm. I walk down um, discouraged. But I, I think that I think that's absolutely right. Like our identity does not come from what we do. Our identity comes because we are in union with Jesus Christ. What's true about Him is is true about us. Well, and, I think you know you're pointing out that this is a relational thing. We have to. We have to know where our primary relationship is. And so when we're talking about discouragement, we are also – it's a, a relational thing yeah. because it comes through – it's generally uh, uh, through the individuals that we're in contact with. You know, uh, David, you know, the, talks about his heart being in, in Psalm 55, my heart is in anguish within me. And, and he says – goes on in verse 12, for it is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Um, and he's saying, you know, the thing that really hurt was not the, was, was you know, not this world that's, uh, you know, it's not me contra mundum, me against the world. You know, I can handle that. Um, it's not somebody that's looking out to take my life. I could hide from him. But this is a familiar friend. This is yeah. somebody that we used to go up together in the house of God. We used to have this joy of our identity and relationship together. Yeah. Now that's that's – and that's what brings discouragement. Yeah. M- maybe a closely related question, and if you want to go back to this, this is fine. But, uh, okay, so – We've struggled with burnout or discouragement or whatever word you want to use. How has ministry been on your family? How has ministry impacted your family? Um, <clears throat> just circle back real quickly and then to come back to this because I, I think my re- answer will kind of be related. Um, one of the discouragements can be when people assign motives mm-hmm. and intentions or question motives and intentions. And you look at it and say, 
wait, what? No, not at all. Um, your family is an extension of, of you, at least in part. And so they feel that as well. Um, that when, when there is whatever reaction to you, um, your kids and wife are not immune to that. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll feel that whether that's stress or that discouragement, um, there are times, I mean, I think my wife takes things that have been said or done to me even more deeply than I do. Um, and so you have to try to protect, but at the same time you are united, you're one. Yeah. And so there is a, you're, you're together. And so I, I can't isolate my wife or, uh, you know, have her immune to everything that's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, in fact, our wives don't know how we're dealing with that personally. <clears throat> and uh, so they're, so they're trying to deal with it for us because we are, you know, we have a, an occupation, we have a vocation, we have a calling. We're, you know, what are you going to do this week with all that that's gone on? Well, I'm going to get up and I'm going to preach God's word. Yeah. You know, and that, they don't have, they don't have that in one sense. They don't have that outlet to take, you know, it's not that we're going to take that um, and shear sheep on Sunday, you know, and, and come in with, you know, you know, you know, with the guns a blazing. We have the word of God to preach. Yeah. You know, we have we have a comfort in doing that um, because we know we're doing what we're supposed to do. They don't necessarily have that, and so they're they they don't have the ability to get there to get out of that emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think um, I think my wife um, will see me being um, okay. So on the negative side, she shares it in, in my joys too. But mm-hmm. on the negative side, she'll see me being attacked or criticized or whatever and she gets very defensive of mm-hmm. me and i'm thankful for that like i don't ever want to her her to be defensive in a wrong way where she's feeding into some sort of fleshly reaction that i might have but i i'm thankful that she's like that but it it hurts her when mm-hmm. she sees um me being attacked unjustly and she you know that's those are difficult seasons when that happens i think the fact is that for most people, church is something that they do in addition to lots of other things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, church is what we do. Yeah, like it, right. it's it, kind of twenty four seven. Yeah, kind of. it, it it is our life. So when people people don't think about it, um, so they they bring a, a concern or criticism to us as pastors, and for them it's just like, well, it's no big deal. But let me bring that to you. And then somebody else brings another little thing and another person brings another little thing and another person brings another little thing. None of them are, are substantial in themselves, but you've now placed this, all of these burdens on, on the pastor, like with the, the, the underlying understanding is we'll correct these. Well, well, you know, I, I do, you know, going a little bit different on that, you know, it's not just that people are bringing that, that to you, but, um, as a pastor, everybody has a piece of you in the sense that they, you know, um, if they have a question, if they have a, something that's hurting them, or they can come get counsel from you. Um, you know, I, you know, my my family, and uh, you know, says who can I talk to? Mm-hmm. You know, particularly when the relationship, the the difficulties are 
you know, in our own relationship where we're not spending that quality together because somebody else has taken that. Where can I go for that? And so I think that that's one of the ways in which uh, ministry affects our family. Uh, Because, and, you know, children will know that grown up in a pastor's home that they've given up a number of special days because um, you're you're called out. I can still remember my father was in ministry, him being called out on Christmas Day. I'm going, come on, Dad, you know, that'll take care of itself. Yeah, that breaks my heart. So, like, my youngest, his name is Jonathan, and quite a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. Yeah. I didn't know you when I named him, just see. <laughs> Jonathan's taking it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. God knows. Um, but, man, he'll he'll say to me on a Saturday night, hey, Dad, can we do X, Y, Z tonight? And I have to say, son, I would love to, but I, I'm not done with my message yet, and I, I need to finish this. And mm-hmm. he, he's, um, he, he's, he's understanding, but... Man, I hate saying that to him mm-hmm. um, because I don't want him to. I don't want him to communicate. Well, that, we we, that I, we want our children to love church, right? Not not you know, so not to see it as a as a um, challenge for their affections. Yeah, and uh, so we do have that great responsibility to to bring up our family to love and encourage them and to spend uh, that time with them yep. as well, so that they love the things of God as as much as we do. Yeah, that's right. And maybe just real quickly before we end the show, what would be one thing that people very quickly that would be an encouragement to you in pastoral ministry? What is the one thing you wish people knew about pastoral ministry? I don't know. I'm. I need to think that through a little bit more. If I if I only have one thing, yep. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh is going to come back with a list tomorrow. Yeah. That's good. That's okay, good. Okay. So there's a teaser for you. Yeah, that's right. Now you have tomorrow. to tune in. That's right. There you go. All right. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that uh, you you have listened to the show. And uh, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, just to go to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time. 